Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the Rob Carson Show as the Kevin McCarthy vote number seven happens right now. McCarthy has 152 votes. Uh, Jim, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, 158. Byron Donald, 15. And other, other is one. 218 votes needed to confirm uh, Kevin McCarthy as a Speaker of the House. And, and, you know, basically, it is uh, there are a few things going on here that are uh, driving the 20 insurrectionist uh, terrorists, as uh, even Republicans are calling them now. And that is uh, things like, for instance, nothing ever gets fixed in Washington, D.C. All right? Nothing ever gets fixed. For instance, a balanced budget. How many years have we talked about a balanced budget? And they say they want a balanced budget, and then nothing happens. And then, and then to add all of that, they come up with massive spending bills uh, where nothing uh, that is promised is delivered. Uh, and, and, and it happened you know, right up to the finish line before the election, even though the American people are screaming, no, no, no. Uh, you know, Joe Biden is able to pass an Inflation Reduction Act that everybody knows has nothing to do with inflation reduction. What it did was hire 87,000 IRS agents to go after people. Everybody knows it. We're not stupid. And then $500 billion for green energy. Nonsense. And everybody knows that EVs are for posers. Nobody who literally drives for a living or hauls stuff for a living seriously considers uh, an EV because they suck. And what makes them suck even more is that the government is mandating them. And that makes the American people go, you know, I don't think so. And then a cold snap happens and uh, windmills stop working and electric cars you can't get into and you can't charge. And yet they go ahead and they throw some more. This after $787 billion for green energy under the Obama administration said they were going to do it. And then lo and behold, literally a couple years later, Obama makes a joke about it. Well, I guess those shovel-ready projects weren't so shovel-ready. That's almost a trillion dollars of your money. And they made a joke about it. it you know, it, it's remarkable. They've been talking about a line-item veto forever. You know what a line-item veto is? It allows the chief executive to go, no, nah, I'm not going to pay for that. But here we are. We have these omnibus spending bills with billions of dollars in pork and crap that have nothing to do with anything. And the leaders of the Republican Party are completely cool with it. And Mitch McConnell did it again. He did it again just, you know, a couple weeks ago. And so that's what is driving the uh, the people of this country to say, I, you know, done, kind of done, absolutely kind of done. And so, uh, as far as um, as far as I don't have anything against um, uh, Kevin McCarthy, other than the fact that he seems like a you know a vinyl siding salesman, I just think that uh, we've got to have a lot of caveats. And if, if we aren't going to hear it from him, and he needs to do some talking now, he needs to say, "Hey, I'm hearing you. all of you people have been called terrorists and MAGA Republicans and all that. We are putting America first. We are hearing what you have said. We have heard your voice as far as abuses and usurpations suffered, as far as government censorship is concerned, as far as all of this stuff. Think about what happened the last two years. The government said you couldn't go to church. The government said you couldn't worship. Do you remember that? 
government said you kids couldn't go to school. We now know that was falderall and nonsense. Now we know that children are suffering across the country. ADHD meds, including Adderall, highly addictive right now. 30% of college students on it. 30% of college students on it. 10% of high school students on it. You got uh, tiger moms around the country going to school board meetings and saying BS to all of this. They're under attack. And Washington, D.C. continued on as usual like nothing ever happened. Mitch McConnell was down with a $1.7 trillion spending bill. After all of that, we're supposed to trust our government. We're supposed to trust the government that said that if you stay six feet from somebody, you're not going to get COVID. You're supposed to trust the government that said that, oh, yeah, that vaccine will take care of your virus. You will not get that virus if you take this vaccine. And we find out that's untrue. And we're supposed to just let that go, I guess. Right? Right? Uh, Lauren Bobert, yeah, last night I was talking to uh, Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity is completely down with uh, just he's rubber stamping uh, Kevin McCarthy. Um, I, I don't know what it maybe 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 Hannity's been in this so long that he uh, is absolutely down with lowering the bar of expectations for Republicans for any victory whatsoever, right? So, uh, you know, whatever we have to do, what, whoever we have to, let's just not fight about it because we're making us look bad. Oh, yeah. we were looking bad in front of the people and all the people that have been making fun of us and trying to destroy us for seven years are laughing at us. Oh, and that's bad. Here's a little bit from uh, uh, Sean Hannity with Lauren Boebert last night. Uh, uh, Lauren Boebert barely able to get a word in edgewise. Maybe I should nominate President Donald J. Trump tomorrow. But, Sean, I, I did watch your show last night. Ooh, I would love to see that. Just to see what happens, just to watch liberal heads explode. Go like we're going to pick on this motion. We're going to pick Jim Jordan one day, Donald's the other day, Trump the next day. This motion to vacate because he did not give us this motion to vacate. I'm showing there's a a whole consensus of other candidates. I'm I'm trying to understand how you're thinking. This motion to vacate, Sean, you need to understand that that Kevin McCarthy did not give us my hard red line. And this is a century old centuries. No, he did not. No, he, well, I know that he made the that promise. That was written by Thomas Jefferson. I know he made the You know, any time that mainstream media, uh, our friends in the mainstream media, or even conservatives supposedly call a group of people who are holding up the approval of Kevin McCarthy the first time in 100 years this has happened in the House of Representatives, which it's about time. Right? Are you, do, you, do you want the party to change? Do you want the country to change? Or you just want to keep going? I would venture to say most of us want things to change, right? So why are we defending the same old, same old? Here is uh, Hannity and Boebert. Uh, Hannity's like, okay, well, if not, uh, if not Kevin McCarthy, then who? Come on, who? Who'd be better than Kevin McCarthy? I am willing to have conversations with the Republican conference to come up with a consensus candidate. We are offering people right now. It doesn't have to be a member of the Freedom Caucus. It doesn't even have to be a solid half, conservative. Way, more, but we have more than to have half those the Freedom Caucus supports McCarthy. So you don't have, have you don't even have a name. There, and we're now going into day three. Afraid. When you how, about, how about this, Sean? I mean, what, what is the deal? I mean, you've been covering the status quo so long. I guess you're a part of it, right? 
How about, you know, why hasn't he said Jim Jordan? And Jim Jordan doesn't want it. I, I said Jim Jordan. I thought Jim Jordan would be fantastic. I thought maybe Steve Scalise. I think he's got more conservative cred than uh, Kevin McCarthy. Now, here's one more soundbite from uh, from Sean Hannity with uh, Lauren Boebert, uh, basically saying that uh, uh, Boebert sounded a lot like a liberal. Kevin I asked McCarthy you a very specific question. If by Listen, Friday we, when we you don't have right, 30. I will not, Sean. I will not withdraw. Our asks were, were not petty of Kevin McCarthy. They were not self Serving. We simply were asking for commitments on what the American people want to see. They want to see a vote on term What have I just been saying? She is saying exactly what I said in the first hour of the show. Term limits. A vote on the Texas border plan. To term limits. Border plan. Cure the southern border. Congresswoman, with all loud, due respect. Sean, we ask for a vote on a budget that actually balances. Imagine... Imagine a Congress that stops so spending you money only that have we don't have. If we literally had abuses and usurpations up until two weeks ago, and you suddenly expect us to want a guy who was in office for the last six years and did nothing about that the last six years, why in the hell would we want that guy in charge? We're tired of people just moving up in Washington, D.C., moving to Washington, D.C., spending their entire lives telling us how to live ours, enriching themselves. We're tired of it. We have to be guaranteed accountability right now. I think we have Rhonda from Ohio, who's been waiting forever on the phone. Uh, let's go to Rhonda. Rhonda, if you're there, uh, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Thanks for holding, my dear. What's going on? Yeah, hi, Rob. It's a pleasure being on the phone with you. You bet. I have a comment on voting for... The 201 Republicans, why don't they change their vote and so we can get a Speaker of the House so they're not saboteurs? I guess the, the thing, I'm with you, uh, you'd think that some people would be offering up uh, other possibilities other than just saying, well, you know, chances are we're just going to have to do a rhino and then because Democrats are going to vote for him. And, well, you know, how about come up with some uh, some people who are, um, I would venture to say, uh, upheld by the, uh, you know, the patriotic people of America who believe in our constitutional principles. How about how about a true conservative? How about offering that instead of, you know, uh, Kevin McCarthy and, and trying to mold him after, you know, his entire life of showing us that he's not a real conservative into something that, uh, you know, we hope he will become. Right. With a record. He has a record already. Thanks for the call. Uh, hey, why not? What the hell? Donald Trump, throw it in there. Wouldn't you love to see that? Oh, my God. Never to be so fantastic. Unlikely he'd get it. But, my God, it would be it would be an earthquake. It would be. It would be so amazing. It would be a revolution in so many ways. Uh, wow, just wow. Claude in uh, Arbutus, Maryland. Hello there, Claude. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Rob, why couldn't he be? Why couldn't Donald Trump be the speaker? I'd love him to be the speaker of the House. He, okay, he has I, every I possibility of being a speaker of the House as much as anybody else. It's just a matter of... I got two, well, I got two other good candidates. Who? You know who they are, right? I, I'm not sure. I can't read your mind, but go right ahead. All right. Well, if you can read my mind, you'd be doing better than me, right? <laughs> yes, go ahead. Well, we got we got Steve Scalise, who I believe stands up for people. And he was he was shot, so he he got hurt out there on the job. Yeah. And he respects law enforcement because he saved his life. And we also have another beautiful woman. Yes. Who I'm madly in love with. Who's that? Kim Klasik. Kim Klasik? Yeah, the one that ran for Congress. I know Kim Klasik. I, I don't know if she's ready to be Speaker of the House. <laughs> well, she stands up for people, and she's a good person. 
know what? I, I'm not going to shoot down anybody. If that's your suggestion, uh, you know, rock and roll. Uh, I'm mainly in love with her. Well, you know, who isn't? She's she's pretty, wow. I mean, kaboom. But anyway, <laughs> thanks, thanks for the call. Get out of here. <laughs> Let's go to, uh, and, and I want to get into, by the way, uh, the latest uh, 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 Twitter bomb. The, we want to get to that here shortly. But let's go ahead and take another call with uh, Mike in Prince George's County in Maryland. Hello there, Mike. What's going on, bro? Hey, Rob. Happy New Year, brother. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Hey, you know, when Joe Manchin was holding up the Democratic Express, everyone was calling that truth to power, and this is what democracy looks like in the whole bit. Now 20 Republicans are voting the other way, and the world's ending, and they're terrorists. It's yeah. ridiculous. Here's the bottom line. Congress has a 6% approval rate. That's 94% of the country doesn't think they're doing what they should be doing. No. You know, and they talk about Nancy Pelosi being historic. Yeah, she was historic, all right. During her tenure, 40% of the national debt was amassed. 40% of the $31 trillion. So this is a very big decision as far as the Speaker of the House is concerned. It's yeah. not to be taken lightly. And, and the irony is everyone's just looking at what it means for this vote. What they should be looking at is what's going to happen once somebody's in place because this is just the beginning for this group as far as how they're going to jam up Congress and make people accountable. Yeah, so I Mike, I agree with you. Great, great analogy on uh, Manchin as well. He's suddenly, uh, you know, a hero because he uh, said that he wouldn't vote for Joe Biden's uh, infrastructure bill. But a year and a half later, he did it when they named it the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. So uh, it's remarkable that you got people here. They don't, they don't want anything in return out of it. They don't want the money sent to their districts. They don't want uh, their uh, wife's pet projects to, uh, you know, funded to the tune of a billion dollars like Joe Manchin, by the way. Uh, they don't expect that. They just want constitutional principles. And yet they're taking all this flack from even conservatives in the party, which, by the way, you know, they, they were in office before the midterms, and, and they're still here. So let's take a break. I'm oh, sorry, Mike. Mike, I appreciate the phone call, bro. Uh, finish your thought real quick. Got 20 seconds. Go. Oh, he's gone. He took off. All right, so uh, we're going to move on to uh, uh, Adam Kinzinger. He's doing CNN. <laughs> Everything he just did the last two years, including the January 6th, was an audition for CNN. I absolutely believe that. So we'll get to that, and then also uh, uh, what's going on with uh, the latest Twitter files. It's big, and it's uh, not surprising if you listen to this show. This is The Rob Carson Show. Proud to serve as the iceberg to the SS Titanic every day. It's The Rob Carson Show. Come on. Oh, yeah, nothing like a little ACDC. So if you want to vote uh, Trump or DeSantis in uh, our Newsmax poll, all you got to do is uh, text the uh, the keyword event to uh, 39747. I just did that. I just did that and uh, answered some of the uh, the questions there. Uh, should Donald Trump run for president 2024? I said, no, don't, don't listen to me. I'm not providing a template here. You decide on your own. But I'll tell you how I voted. And, and the reason I being is not because I'm a Trump sycophant. It's just that um, he's the candidate right now. He's, uh, he's the candidate. Yeah, he's the only one who's uh, declared his candidacy. And, you know, he's done a good job as the president. So... Did what he said he was going to do, so I haven't I haven't moved off of that. It's weird. I mean, the, despite the the left throwing everything at us for believing in Donald Trump and what he did, everything, including raiding Mar-a-Lago. What, what happened to that, by the way? Is a raid of Mar-a-Lago? The FBI surely surely he had nuclear secrets, right? 
No, no. That's kind of kind of weird. Anyway, back to the poll here. Back to the poll. Uh, should Ron, Don, run? Uh, yeah, I said uh, in 2024 primary, who would you vote for? I said Donald Trump, you know. Um, let's see, 2024 between uh, Donald Trump, Kamala Harris, dear God in heaven, of course Donald Trump. If Trump runs in 2024, who should be his running mate? I said Ron DeSantis. Uh, <laughs> uh, who did you vote for the last election? I say, well, yeah, Donald Trump. That, that's me. You know, I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm not like a, you know, I'm not like a, a, you know, paid operative of the Democrat Party giving you a bag of groceries when you get off a bus to vote in a polling location in a place like Cincinnati or Chicago, which has been going on forever. They call that ballot harvesting, by the way. But if you want to vote for uh, Trump or DeSantis or whatever, just go to uh, just text the word event to 39747. Take part in the Newsmax poll. And by the way, Newsmax is saying it looks like DeSantis has lost or not DeSantis. It looks like uh, McCarthy has lost a seventh vote. He's lost his seventh vote. And, and, the, and the reason being is uh, fairly simple, that there are people who are holding on to these, uh, 20, uh, <laughs> these 20 people who have said we're just not going to rubber stamp Kevin McCarthy, particularly after what the swamp just did to us a, a week ago, and that is uh, pass a $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill. Despite all of the outcrying, despite all of the abuses and usurpations of the last couple of years, Washington, D.C. once again said, uh, you know what? We're just going to do what we're going to do. Kentucky Senator Mitch McConnell makes history today as the longest-serving party leader in either party in the U.S. Senate in American history. Jim Gossett. It's a Mitch world where I betray my party, but I stay in power anyway. <laughs> I control all of the campaign money. Yeah, I control all of the campaign money. <laughs> Don't you know? Blake Masters and Oz could have used my help, Herschel, too. Oh, yeah, was that race? You about. know, it's so true. Yeah, pretty much. Come election time, they didn't get a dime. Yeah, I know it's a crime, but it's a Mitch world, Mitch world. when you're owned by China and you do their bidding every day. <laughs> Rich girl. I can rely on the Chinese money. I can rely on the Chinese money. It's a Mitch world. Mitch world. When you screw your party and you stay their leader anyway. Yeah, pretty much. I can rely on the rhinos, honey. I can rely on there the you rhinos, go. That is, uh, honey. <laughs> that is Jim Gossett. By the way, if you want to see his show coming up on the 14th of uh, this month, a uh, week from Saturday, just go to NewsmakerLine.com. Jim has this bit he does on the radio called Newsmaker in Line. I put it on my social media. But if you want tickets to the show, the last one's sold out, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Oh, here is a CNN, by the way. They have hired Adam Kinzinger. How long did that take after he left office? Out front now, former Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger. I am pleased to welcome him to CNN. He's appearing tonight for the first time in his new role, which is senior political commentator and congressman. We really are thrilled to have you on board. Well, the path from uh, from uh, Dem uh, well, uh, Rhino to CNN is almost as well worn as the path from the FBI to Twitter and uh, Facebook. So welcome. Uh, welcome. People have seen you over the past, of course, couple of years with the January 6th committee. And, uh, we're, Especially when you cried. We're so glad to have you on board. Um, Why? He's an unlikable person who won't garner any ratings, but I guess that's kind of what CNN does. So It's great yeah. to be on the team, by the way. Thank you. I'm yeah. excited. All right, so here you are tonight. Um, yeah, who really cares, honestly? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a political move. I don't know who they're trying to pay off. He has the, uh, the appeal of a small tumor, maybe just a cyst. 
but anyway, he, he's on board. He is on board. Yes, sir, old Adam Kinzinger. That didn't take very long. I think it might have been a new record. All right, so coming up, uh, Twitter files, the latest updates. Russia collusion, it was all made up. Every single bit of it. It's the Rob Carson Show. If you're looking for a woke take on current events, just go back to sleep because you're not getting it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Looks like Kevin McCarthy has failed in (laughs) the seventh round of voting. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like my wife and I trying to have our daughter. Um, I'm not sure if taking a different position will make a difference (laughs) at this point. That's more than you needed to know, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little more. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Kevin McCarthy needs a basal thermometer just to check his temperature. You know, just make sure it's that time. Uh, <laughs> but at this point, I don't think a di- I don't think a different position is going to help him. I just don't. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, off topic here. A uh, hate crime investigation is opened after a paper towel noose was found in a Michigan Panera bathroom. I mean, Panera is the new, uh, I guess, what uh, Southern Church, uh, as far as uh, as far as uh, racism is concerned, right? The churches in the South that were burned and are still being burned, by the way, by leftists who are, you know, uh, pro-abortion. But uh, yeah, they they found a paper noose made from paper towels at a uh, Michigan era Panera restaurant. Uh, the mayor of Gross Point where the alleged noose was found called the paper towels a, a true hate crime. I mean it really is. We we literally we have another fake hate crime here by the way. It's it's a joke. It's a, it's a, it's laughable. It's the same way all the all the uh, the nonsense, you know, uh, I remember with University of Missouri a few years ago, they uh, they found a, a swastika uh, written in human feces. Turns out it was a plant. Every time there's a, a noose somewhere, it's always a fake. It's a joke. Uh, it's it's uh, you know, for instance, well Jesse Smollett, he had a fake noose around his neck and the whole deal. And and honestly, I mean nothing says racist like a a turkey and Fontina sandwich on a dimmy baguette with a pesto aioli. I mean, nothing makes this whips up the the racial. I just was like, honey, as soon as I finish this, this, uh, you know, creamy broccoli soup in a bowl, I'm going to go make a noose and hang it in the bathroom to scare the crap out of some black people here at the Panera in Gross Point, Michigan. I uh, just don't have time for that nonsense anymore, unless I make fun of it, which is something I am known to do. Oh, I want to mention a couple of things. Um, you've noticed I'm sounding a little congested the last couple of days. Um, last night, I'm, I'm laying on the couch, you know, and, and and I've said the last couple of days, you know, I've recovered fairly quickly from this. My wife was had it for a week. And then last night, I'm on the couch, and I'm like, mm, I, I had a diet root beer and a diet um, uh, orange soda. And I couldn't taste either one of them. And I'm like, well, God, I get COVID again. Did I get COVID? And, and I thought for sure, COVID, COVID, COVID. We had COVID tests in the house. My son took the last one yesterday because he was feeling sick, negative. My wife was feeling sick, negative. And, then, and I didn't have a test, but this morning I wake up and lo and behold, I can taste. So it's, um, I don't know if you do this, but if you're congested, uh, frequently you lose your sense of taste and smell. Uh, you know, it, it kind of, you just try this sometimes. Remember when your mom used to give you medicine that you didn't like? And uh, she'd plug your nose and stick it in your mouth. You could still kind of taste it. Then when you unplugged your nose, oh, man, you could taste it. That's, that's what a cold does. So don't freak out. 
known for. Oh, and then one other thing. I watched a movie last night. Um, I, I, you know, my wife and I, we watch movies together. My son and I, I love watching movies. With my son, because he's a brilliant analyst of, of films, and he's a uh, just. But it was it's the menu, and it's a movie with Ralph Fiennes in it, or Rafe Fiennes, whatever you want to call him. And I watched it last night. Hard to watch at times. Very brutally uh, brutal movie at times. There's some violence in the movie, and it's and some, but it's not like bloody violence. It's just kind of like oh, shocking, like oh my gosh. Um, but I will tell you, I I thought the movie was pretty good. I thought it was really good uh, as a social commentary, and it was a really. It, I've had a lot of friends in my life who are chefs. And uh, it really put into perspective the hell that people can put chefs through for making a single mistake in the kitchen. Because you know, a lot of entitled people around the country suddenly think they're food experts. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good cook and all that. And I try to, you know, I don't. Uh, but, but restaurant reviews can frequently be political and can ruin people's lives. And this movie was about a bunch of insufferable foodies having a meal at Ray Fine's restaurant. And it gets bizarre. But I got to tell you, I think anybody who's ever been a chef or even in the food service industry, will love this movie. <laughs> they, will, they will love this movie. And, and there's a final thing in the whole thing where they, they talk about s'mores. And everybody in America loves s'mores, right? S'mores, and, and you literally go into Walmart some parts of the year, and they, they have a, a center display with Hershey bars and graham crackers and marshmallows because they're so popular. And I got to tell you, I've never liked them that much. I always thought they kind of were just okay. Now, if you took that s'more and you dipped it in chocolate, then rolled it in some sort of batter and deep fried it, then took it out and covered it with ice cream, then we got a s'more. But otherwise, uh, not very good. It was a good movie, though. I, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the movie. Enjoyed the movie. Um, oh, 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 Warren Davidson, a Republican for Ohio, nominated uh, Kevin McCarthy for the speakership Wednesday on the fifth uh, leadership ballot for the after the fourth did not produce a victory. And he came up with a list of things that um, they, uh, that McCarthy has agreed to go for, including Andrew Clyde's proposal to restore public access to the Capitol. You know, okay, whatever, who cares? Um, Gary Palmer's proposal to cap spending on suspension bills. Okay, sure. Bob Good's proposal on standalone appropriations bills. All right, that's fine. Chip Roy's proposal to make co-sponsored amendments in order. Okay, that's fine. How about this? How about investigate January the 6th, uh, the election in 2020, and uh, and uh, this COVID nonsense, and also the cabal that exists between the deep state and big social media that is being unveiled? How about that? How about, an, how about a deep investigation into the abuses and usurpations of the federal government? With regard to all of those things, okay, all of all of the people who said you couldn't talk about vaccine deaths or where the virus is from or the questioning of uh, of the election or electronic voting machines or possible treatments for COVID like hydroxychloroquine or the death of, a of Ashley Babbitt or, I don't know, uh, the, uh, the recession, the fact that we're in a recession. Uh, you know, what about Pfizer and Missouri? All these things we've been told we weren't able to talk about. And, and they literally, we find now that the federal government was involved in shutting down all of the talk. The reason why all of this stuff was verboten is because the government decided it was. How about that? Let's work on that. Here's a couple ones that I'd just like throw on there just for the hell of it while we're, while we're getting some things done. And while Kevin McCarthy, I mean, you, right now, I think he'd pretty much do anything if you really wanted him to. It's like, bark like a dog, Kevin. Okay, good boy, good boy, Kevin. That's good. Now sit down, scratch your uh, ear with your foot. Um, I think some other concessions should be that the uh, every Tuesday is officially now a Taco Tuesday. 
I think Americans could do that. Definitely might want to consider new security for the Capitol. You know, maybe just um, not make it so easy to just walk up there and have somebody open doors inside and let you in and pretend like you actually invaded. Maybe that. And then another thing I just thought, just, I just threw this in there. Uh, every time he uses the gavel, hits the gavel, he's got to say, a cha-cha-cha. I think that would be kind of cool. It has nothing to do with anything, but you know, just to make him do it. Do all the things that I just said, all right? Do all of the things about the investigations, because that's the most important thing. That's why I want Jim Jordan as part of the judiciary. He's got to leave that, uh, the House judiciary, to go after all of the malfeasance and send people to jail. And make them, you know, pay and the Hunter Biden laptop and cover up and all that. But then, every time he uses the gavel, he's got to go, ha-cha-cha-cha. I just thought that'd be kind of cool. I think it'd be kind of cool. Uh, let's go to uh, Chuck in Parkton, Maryland. Hello there, Chuck, and welcome to the show. What's going on? Oh, not too much. Hey, I got a, I got a new name for Kevin McCarthy. What's that? He is exactly the omnibus. Something way too squishy with stuff in it we don't know what it is. Ignore all the hard things, wait till the last minute, and then tell you you have to pass it just because we want government to keep going. You're exactly right, Chuck. You're exactly and, right. Because what happened yes. last, what, what happened a week and a half ago, what you just said, and we saw that in the face of everything that we've been through. They did same old, same old, and then they rubbed our face in it yesterday. And yes, they uh, did. It, it's just, it's, you know, you're surprised <laughs> that we decided. Yeah. Hey. Oh. And I look at those conservatives as people who just discovered the Constitution gives them rights to push amendments into the omnibus, yeah. and they're not stopping. They're going to get their amendments in there, and if we're going to stuck with the omnibus, at least it'll be a better omnibus. All right, Chuck. I appreciate it, bro. Listen to this. So tomorrow is the anniversary of January the 6th, 2021. The attack on the Capitol. That I said from the very beginning, from literally from January 7th, I said, really? Really? Why is it being overplayed? Why is this such a big deal? I mean, yes, it is a big deal. But honestly, I mean, they were able to reopen the Capitol uh, in two hours, uh, clear it out. Uh, they've spent the last two years, the FBI, going after 900 people for just being on the Capitol grounds. We've got people in jail, hundreds of people in Washington, D.C., in a jail without a court date, two years in, many of them without legal counsel, without visits from family, without medical treatment. Do I need to go on about this? You, you think I'm making that up? I'm not making that up. All of that. YouGov.com released a poll that said in becoming, uh, instead of becoming less popular in the last two years, the number of U.S. adults who approve of the Capitol attack has risen. How's that possible? Because any talk of supporting white people in Washington, D.C. that day, and there were a million people in Washington, D.C. to see Donald Trump speak because everybody thought that the 2020 election was a sham with good reason because there's uh, lots of evidence. But you weren't able to talk about that. You couldn't say it. Now we're finding that the reason being is because the FBI, the DHS, the cabal, they all said you couldn't do it. You couldn't question election integrity before or after, and right before, they banned Donald Trump from Twitter, and then right after, they banned him permanently. Why is that? Yeah. So, 
Apparently, the uh, share of Republican voters who now support the riot, or should say basically don't think it's the worst thing that ever happened and it was the worst attack on the state, on the uh, Capitol since uh, uh, 1812, has grown from uh, uh, 16% to 32% of Republicans. But here's the weird thing Democrats, too, big time. 9% now. 16%. No, 3% of Democrats now 16% this week say that uh, you know, maybe uh, we support kind of what they did. See, when it, when it happened, I hoped that there would be a uh, peaceful Berlin Wall movement. I remember I said, I said, I said, maybe they will hear the people saying, maybe they will listen to us. Maybe they'll just say, ho, 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 before we just certify the election, let's kind of look at all the evidence and everything. That didn't happen. And then what happened in the, in the Capitol happened. And, and here's the reaction that I questioned from day one. Certain dates echo throughout history. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. Now, if I'm not mistaken, and I brought this up before, and, and did I miss the footage? Um, but I don't think that 300 people jumped to their deaths from the burning Capitol. And I don't believe that 350 firefighters and first responders rushed into the Capitol to be crushed to death. Similar to Pearl Harbor. Did not happen. And 9-11. We can now add January 6th, 2021 to that very short list of dates. So all of the people who hate you and hate Donald Trump and and hate America as founded uh, were saying this about January the 6th. That's why I kind of went, really? Was it was it really the worst thing in the world to, you know, to happen since uh, the, you know, 1812? American history that will live forever in infamy. The worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. The worst attack on our democracy uh, since the Civil War. And then, and then there's this. Apparently, they want to uh, seal up all of the videos and everything associated with January 6th for 30 to 50 years. That's what they want to do. That's what uh, that's what uh, people like Nancy Pelosi want to do. They want to uh, the January 6th committee uh, obligated to hand over the official records to the House clerk who translates them to the National Archive to be covered for 30 to 50 years. They want these videos, all of the videos, which they are afraid to show us, which should show like what the worst attack on the Capitol since Pearl Harbor or you know whatever 1812 should show all sorts of uh, people getting uh, murdered and stuff and people getting set on uh, stuff getting set on fire in there. Well, we haven't seen any of that. The only pictures I've seen are people who are, you know, staying in the velvet rope in the Capitol. One guy was carrying a, a podium. It was kind of funny. Looks like maybe people don't believe it. Don't believe the nonsense. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Impeached our president twice for nothing. The truth is simple, and it's right before our eyes. They raided his home. I don't know what to be concerned about. No one, no one seems to. And they call us extremists and fascists for supporting him. Yeah, we're done with all that. It's the Rob Carson Show. So, uh, yeah, they're on uh, 
I guess, round number eight, uh, voting for Kevin McCarthy, hoping that the menu will change at the management at the restaurant, but they've decided to go back to the same restaurant and say, yeah, we're going to give it another try. I know the last time that I ordered the chicken sandwich, it tasted like somebody pooped on the bun, but uh, I think we'll go back. I think we'll go back and try it again this time. I think they maybe changed uh, some things here. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, by the way, uh, I want to mention this because it's important to me, and I, I did, well, and it's important to you. Uh, DeMar Hamill, I didn't know who DeMar Hamill was before Monday night. I didn't know who he was. Uh, but something extraordinary happened this week that, that nobody in Washington, D.C., or at least few will understand. And that is how we came together without Congress and without anybody else. Uh, we all came together for this young man. This man uh, lost consciousness on the football field. He just, out of nowhere, 24-year-old young man who's struggled his entire life, sounds like an exceptional person. And he uh, went down, and America came together. Even people who are agnostic and bordering on atheist came together and prayed for him. This young man, he, he had this little uh, toy charity. It was $2,500 with his goal on GoFundMe. It's $6 million. And he's showing uh, brain activity. He, he's showing this morning that it looks like his brain is working okay. That's a big deal because obviously when, you're, when you get CPR, you're only getting about 30% of the oxygen to your organs and everything, including your brain. And so it looks like, oh, oh, it looks like he's going to be okay. I mean, at least he's recovering. He got a long way to go. But I just think that uh, it's amazing. And, and I want to share this because I thought this was pretty cool. I, 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 and on my TV show this weekend, I shared this video. I shared another video of people in the stands saying the Lord's Prayer. And uh, I just think it's remarkable. This is a guy who I, Dan Orlovsky, I don't know who the hell Dan Orlovsky is. I don't like watch uh, ESPN. I don't, I don't like sports commentary. I get bored by it, to be quite honest. And I figure I, I can either focus on politics or I can talk about sports. And I don't, you know, I just chose to talk about politics and comedy. But here he is on ESPN uh, earlier this week praying. This is pretty cool. Provided I can get it to play. Hold on one second. Hold on. Hold on. Here it is. Hold on. All right. For some odd reason, it doesn't want to. Here it is. Hold on. I want to pray for it. Is. Here it is. Demar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard. Uh, this is spoken like a plain man, by the way. Because we believe that your God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad. We're angry. Um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray. Truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar. For comfort for Demar, I just think it's amazing. I, I uh, uh, this this uh, week to me uh, is that part of it. I think is uh, wonderful and extraordinary that uh, that we've done this, and um, we may not achieve uh, legislative victories this week. We may not achieve you know personal victories this week, but I just think uh, uh, it's nice to know that this country still cares and still places its faith in something bigger than all of us. I think that's uh, pretty amazing. All right, let's take a break and come back. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. 
unprecedented, I should say. Uh, you know, the, the uh, GLP for 100 years have just rubber-stamped the uh, House Speaker without debate uh, for, uh, yeah, 100 years. And, and here we're going into round number eight. Round number eight on Kevin McCarthy and uh, for the Speaker of the House and uh, Hakeem Jeffries and uh, uh, Byron Donalds. The people are saying Byron Donalds and, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of, uh, um, I like Byron Donalds. I think, I think he may be a really good choice for a number of reasons. I don't want to go there with, hey, he's a black guy, uh, you know, but it, it wouldn't hurt, right? You know, wouldn't hurt. And uh, he's a conservative. And uh, and it would make all those people on the left, um, well, except for Cory Bush, who just calls him a white supremacist because they're terrified of him. Uh, you know, uh, well, you know, why, why not? Uh, as far as Kevin McCarthy, we're round number eight here, which is basically, for lack of a better analogy, it's like um, sending back the crap sandwich to the kitchen. And the kitchen going, you know what? Let's leave the crap on it and put some mayonnaise on it. Send that back out. See if they eat it. That, I mean, that's just a feeling I get. I, maybe, maybe. I don't know. It, it, it's a matter of trust, kids. That, that's what it is. It's a matter of trust. And uh, that anybody in the Republican Party should suddenly think that the American people should trust us. <laughs> Honestly, right? Right? Considering what you and I have been through the last couple of years of our lives, and I'm talking about Democrats, too. I mean, how much more can this go on? How much more can this go on? You've got a uh, bourgeois and a proletariat, a ruling class and a working poor. Uh, You've got a Bastille in Washington, D.C., literally a uh, political prisoners there. When people wanted to, to talk out about the election in 2020, they had questions about it. Suddenly, that language became verboten. Suddenly, you couldn't talk about anything. The federal government said you couldn't talk about anything. And you're kind of like, well, well, why did Twitter take me down when I just wanted to talk about hydroxychloroquine? Because so many people are using hydroxychloroquine in India. It literally shut down the infection rate in Uttar Pradesh, India, the most populous region of India. Uh, and and, and uh, hydroxychloroquine shut it down. And, and in Africa, they give out hydroxychloroquine uh, annual packs to people in, in uh, kids in school and everything. Hydroxychloroquine because it stops malaria. And, and weird, through uh, COVID, uh, Africa really had the lowest rates of COVID in the entire world. Normally, Africa is the worst of the worst of the worst. They're sick of everything in uh, sub-Saharan Africa. They bear the brunt of everything, starvation, the whole deal. But they managed to beat COVID. You know, it was, somebody decided it was, uh, you couldn't talk about it. Somebody couldn't talk about January 6th. Couldn't talk about Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt was unarmed. She was crawling through windows. Why did she have to get shot like that? Why? Why? What threat did she pose? Why did Nancy Pelosi not do anything about it? Tomorrow, I hope to have the guy who uh, was fired by Nancy Pelosi, the Capitol security chief, who says he was a scapegoat. Because Nancy Pelosi had every opportunity to shut down January 6th, uh, anything from happening. But somehow, people were able to just walk up. An unarmed group of people, by and large, with the exception of uh, leftists who had infiltrated the crowd. According to Newsweek's magazine, about two years ago, they said it. Left Trump's speech, went to the Capitol, tapped out with a little hammer, a little piece of glass, reached in, unlocked the door. And then some of the doors just opened. It's weird. Just kind of open. The most secure building in the world and an unarmed group were suddenly called a, uh, a dangerous uh, threat to our democracy, the worst attack on the Capitol since uh, 1812, or it was like a Reichstag moment. 
And that's kind of what I've said since the get-go. Make it bigger than it was. Blame the other party. Blame its supporters. But even having that opinion, you couldn't say it. Could not say it. Not one little bit. And we're discovering why this is. Well, it's because, uh, and I said from the beginning, and it just this is a matter of uh, life experience, research, and common sense. These are the things that I use on my show and in my life in general. Is I said, wow, you know, the mainstream media with big tech social media and the Democrat Party are all saying that if I don't believe the vaccine will stop me from getting COVID, they all call that misinformation or disinformation. Why is that? Maybe they know that I know the truth and they're shutting us down. And guess what? 100% right. I was 100% right. And the glorious thing about uh, Elon Musk taking over Twitter is that we're discovering all of the things that our guts told us. We're right. We're being proven right. You cannot be demeaned anymore. You cannot be brought down anymore. You cannot be called names anymore. And now it's time to fight back. Uh, the latest documents released from Twitter details how the company was pushed uh, into the arms of the FBI following pressures from Democrats. Yeah. Journalist Matt Taibbi broke down the stress uh, the company was under in 2017 following calls from the Democrats for social media companies to crack down on Russian disinformation. Now, we know that the FBI and their chief legal counsel was instrumental in creating a Russia collusion hoax to attempt to throw the 2016 election. It didn't work. But what the FBI was able to do is work with the DNC and Hillary Clinton to surveil Donald Trump using the FISA court with a bogus dossier paid for by the FBI. And the FBI even was going to pay Christopher Steele to verify the elements of the dossier, including uh, uh, Donald Trump supposedly have a penchant for hiring prostitutes to pee on a bed that Michelle Obama and Barack Obama used to sleep in when they stayed overseas at a hotel. I don't know what When I heard that, I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Your germaphobe wants somebody to pee on it. Whatever. Okay, sure. You bet. You bet. But uh, Christopher Steele said, no, I can't. Um, mm, no. Mm-mm. No, I can't, I can't confirm it, so we can't use it. But they used it anyway, and they surveilled the presidency, the transition team, and his candidacy to, to fish, to find anything. They could, they could uh, create some sort of scandal, and they did. And, and the FBI paid $40 million for an investigation that turned up nothing. And, and then the, the same guy who was at the FBI went to Twitter to shut down the Hunter Biden laptop story, which now we all know is factual. Are you listening to what I'm saying here? None of this is in dispute here. And if you think you're cool with all of this, you're ungodly corrupt. There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. You are such a political tool that you are down with the abuse. I mean, abuse, jailing, destruction, shutdown of a freedom of speech of an entire group of people. I never said that about about uh, the left. Uh, in fact, I would encourage, I love it when leftists uh, are on Twitter. That way I can just debate them and destroy them. You know, I've never wanted people to be shut down. But that's what they did for us, man. This is Tucker Carlson covering it uh, last night with uh, Matt Taibbi. What, uh, and anytime you heard Russian disinformation in the last couple of years, now we know it was created by the Democrat Party, by the deep state, 
and big social media. The Clinton campaign claimed that Russia did it. The Russians hacked the servers. Remember that? Now, you may have believed it or not, but intel agencies in this country must have known at the time that it was not true. They would know. But they said nothing. And they said nothing because blaming Russia turned out to be a very useful political tool. In fact, before long, it became the default response to every perceived disaster in Washington. Hillary lost. Why Russia? Donald Trump can't be president. Why Russia? Remember that? You remember that? I was like, where the hell did this come from? Russia, really? I think we ought to be concerned about China because they, you know, created that virus that killed so many people. Oh, you couldn't say that either. Hunter Biden's laptop is here. Russian. Audit aids Ukraine. Can't. Russia. And so on and so on. So over time, probably inevitably, the inflated threat of Russia became a pretext for everything bad. Because when you say Russia, it ends the discussion. When you say misinformation or disinformation, it shuts down the discussion. It says that what you are saying is untrue according to the government, and therefore it must be shut down. Including censorship in this country. It's Russian disinformation. Yep. Shut it down. Yep. Thanks to new reporting from Matt Taibbi, who has spent weeks sifting through previously secret Twitter files, we know the federal government's intelligence and law enforcement agencies enthusiastically joined the effort to censor the political speech of American citizens. And they needed a reason to do it. And so they came up with Russian disinformation. Illegally. It was a sophisticated effort. At one point, for example, the State Department released a report falsely claiming that thousands of Twitter accounts were controlled by foreign governments. Russia! And then, unnamed sources in the intel world leaked scary headlines about Russian disinformation running rampant on Twitter. Twitter deleted data potentially crucial to the Russia probes, screamed Politico, ever obedient to the intel agents. Yeah, here's an interesting thing. As the pandemic began to ramp up, something called the Global Engagement Center, a subdivision of the State Department, brought forward a report called Russian Disinformation Apparatus, taking advantage of coronavirus concerns. The GEC was gunning to flag any accounts that referred to lab leaks or suspicions about the CIA as Russian disinformation. It indicated that the State Department was looking to pressure social media into shaping the COVID message even from the beginning days, but it didn't stop there. They flagged accounts that were even simply retweeting disinformation after Twitter banned Zero Hedge for speculating about the lab leak origin, which, and that's where it came from. I can say that now, because uh, you know the second, uh, the, the, the First Amendment. State Department also flagged his accounts that were tweeting about the suspension, uh, claiming those accounts were helping to expand false narratives. So you couldn't even say, why, why did they ban uh, the Zero Hedge for speculating about the lab leak? Oh, okay, now I just got banned for supporting a Zero Hedge. This is classic Stalin-esque stuff. That's what disinformation comes from, guys. It is Russian. Joseph Stalin came up with it. Twitter leadership deeply concerned about the number of government agencies seeking to coordinate with uh, this Joel Roth flagging accounts. Twitter analysts were uh, clearly overwhelmed by the volume of requests. Things were spinning out of control. The GEC was very obviously trying to become a de facto content moderator. The GEC was hell-bent on tying any COVID dissent to Russian and Chinese disinformation, mostly Russian dissent. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, here is a, a little bit more from uh, Tucker about this, and then, and then we'll hear from Matt Taibbi, because this is pretty uh, impressive stuff. So it was a manufactured panic about Russia. Yeah. But on the basis of that manufactured panic, lawmakers in Washington demanded more censorship. Mm -hmm. The issue is not that the companies before us today are taking too many posts down. The issue is that they're leaving too many dangerous posts up. In fact, they're amplifying 
harmful content so that it spreads like wildfire and tortures our democracy. Not long after that tape was shot in November of 2020, Congressman Adam Schiff of California, who was then the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, demanded that Twitter censor any discussion about the House Intelligence Committee. Oh. Quote, suppress any and all search results about committee staff, a Schiff aide demanded of Twitter. Schiff was particularly furious that a journalist called Paul Sperry had reported on Schiff's connection to the CIA whistleblower behind Donald Trump's impeachment. So Schiff demanded that Twitter censor Sperry. Quote, suspend the many accounts, including Paul Sperry, commanded Schiff's office. Government officials cannot suppress speech. And then the uh, Twitter had 80 FBI agents working there. Uh, Twitter paid $3.4 million for that effort. And Facebook had 120 FBI agents working for them. Yeah. Welcome to the Soviet Union. I've got some uh, great audio from Matt Taibbi to put this in perspective. And sometimes this can be a little bit uh, difficult to, to uh, digest. I get it. But this is everything I have said for the last two years. And I just used my research and common sense. And now we know it's true. Thank God that we know this now. This year, 2023, could be the most revolutionary since, uh, I don't know, 1776. This is the Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden's first year in office summed up in three words. Welcome back, Carter. That's not right. It's not fair to us. And honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Mike Howell. He's the director of the Heritage Foundation Oversight Project and former DHS counsel. I know that sounds very uh, convoluted and all that. We're just talking about border with somebody who knows a lot about the border. How about that? <laughs> we know the border is wide open. We know we're being lied about that. We know we're being lied about everything. We know that for a while there, everything was Russian disinformation. I was like, really? Why is it? Why did Russian disinformation? I mean, honestly, what Russia is it disinformation that they're guiding? That's why we're shutting down speech about everything is because of Russian disinformation. And and remember uh, the reason why uh, inflation was so high was Putin Putin's uh, price hike right it was putin's uh, price hike and uh, when the gas price started to go down uh, why wasn't that putin's fault i don't know this kind of weird i just don't like being played and that's what we've been done we've been played and and the uh, there were people in the washington dc who have uh, abused in in ways we could have ever imagined only imagined how a country that had the first amendment could allow this to happen is so sickening and people need to go to jail for the rest of their freaking lives over it uh, I, honestly i absolutely believe this this wasn't about flagging misinformation accounts or about national security issues agencies began requesting Twitter ban or scrub accounts that certain government employees just didn't care for. That's what they did. They got in touch with uh, with Twitter and they realized, hey, hey, we might have some like-minded people over here. Uh, let's keep pushing. Let's let's keep pushing this. And they went for it. Uh, the reason why we know this is the latest uh, round of Twittergate files, which covered by Matt Taibbi, who has poured over thousands of pages of documents. And here he is talking about Russian disinformation and how the United States government used the made-up, the completely made-up concept of Russian disinformation to quiet speech, to label your opinion or anything dis disagreed with the government line, even if it was untrue as misinformation or disinformation. Tens of thousands of emails over the course of these weeks that the government was in the censorship business in a huge way. Uh, that's, I think, provable now. 
uh, and not just one agency, really every conceivable wing of the enforcement uh, agencies of the U.S. government were... DHH, HHS, CDC, uh, I can go on and on. They, they created a department called the, the Department of uh, Disinformation Department in the DHS. They just thought they'd swing that by us without us even noticing it. And we raised holy hell because it's unconstitutional and un- unholy. But they went ahead with it anyway. They're still continuing to do it. Or in some way or another, sending moderation requests to Twitter. And in many cases, those requests were being fulfilled. And they were coming from everywhere, from every place, from the NSA to the yep. HHS. Yep. to FBI, DHS, uh, and... That's all illegal. Even what they call other government agencies, which I think is code for the CIA. So we have yeah, reports from all over, from states, from police departments, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and, and that's... You knew it, I knew it, when I said mainstream media, big social media, Democrat Party all say something you believe is misinformation. It means you know the truth. Eileen in Santa Cruz has been holding for a while. Eileen, welcome to the show. Your thoughts, please. Hey, hi. Um, I brought the Happy New Year to you. You too. Uh, uh, thanks for taking my call. So so uh, I'm so glad that you are still being heard on KSCO radio in Santa Cruz with yes. the changes that they've been through. I'm so glad that you're still on. And um I wanted to ask you, you may have covered it in the first hour, I missed it, but um, what do you think about this Supreme Court hearing tomorrow? Oh, with regard to January the 6th? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I I haven't had a chance to delve into it as much as I would like to. I had really planned on getting into it at length tomorrow. Um, Okay. You know, I'm hoping that the truth will come out. It's very clear what January the 6th was all about. I've said it from the very beginning. I've been told by dozens of people, don't say it, don't say it, Rob. Don't say Reichstag. Don't say Reichstag, Rob. Don't say it. You can't have an opinion on that, Rob, when it's fairly obvious, Eileen. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, did you notice the, the building on fire and people leaping to their deaths like 9-11? Did you notice that? Yes, I yeah yeah somehow were, I missed that. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, did you miss that the building was reopened like two hours later and there was no damage at all to it, really at all? Did you notice that? And didn't Pelosi have it filmed? Didn't she have a film crew? She had a film crew there to cover her. Yeah, to make it act like she was in control of everything. It's kind of weird, kind of like an HBO style production. It just happened was, to happen. Yeah, that was just a happy coincidence. So, so Rob. Uh, January 6th, uh, a planning oh. event. Eileen, we got to run. I'm sorry to do this for you, uh, to you, I should say. Let's continue the conversation tomorrow, okay? Let's hey. do that. All right, got to run, got to run. I'm sorry. I hate these hard breaks. Gosh darn it. Mike Howell, director of the Heritage Foundation Oversight Project and former DHS counsel. Hey, he's a guy who knows a lot about the border. We're going to talk about the border. That's coming up. Opinions are easy. Entertaining? Not so much. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden is saying today that he is going to make it to the border. He's going to go to the border because he heard there might be an issue at the border. Uh, you know, um, yeah, you, you screwed it up, dude. And uh, and people, this isn't going to make any difference, honestly. Everybody knows you don't believe in the border. We're going to talk to Mike Howell about the border in just one second. But first, this from our friends Jim Gossett about our president's failed border policy. 
Down in the West Texas town of El Paso, Biden blew our southern border by plan. Five million people in two years. Yeah. Joe won't go down there and deal with the crisis, cause he's a dunce and a senile old man. It's about policy, kids. Open border. The border's exploding cause Biden's done nothing, taking the week off here in Delaware. Yeah, he went on another vacation too, yeah. People are suffering as laws are broken. Joe won't address it cause he doesn't care. No, not really. Not even our borders are. Even the mayor who's a Democrat, he's really hacked up at Joe. Who <laughs> won't lift a finger, he lets chaos linger. Giving us the finger. Six thousand a day cross the border they go. Trump's 42 is about to expire Knowing Joe he will allow it to die Never liked it He wants illegals as Democrat voters Elections don't count Kiss your freedoms Goodbye. There you go. By the way, Jim Gossett, if you want to check out his uh, his new show, a uh, week from Saturday in Atlanta, just go to newsmakerline.com. I know it's kind of weird, but that's his, that's his website, newsmakerline.com. If you want to go see that show, it will sell out. It'll sell out. So if you want a good time, uh, some politics, some not, a lot of the songs that we do here that I collaborate with him on. You will see them live in concert. How cool is that? Yeah, Mike Howell is a director of the Heritage Foundation Oversight Project and former DHS counsel. Joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Hello, sir. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, doing well. Thank you for having me. I got to tell you, I, I am just so blessed that the dear leader is going to... I might even get my votive candle out of the dear leader right below his uh, glorious photo in my office and light it because the dear leader is going to grace us with his presence at the southern border. Uh, what would be the what would be the point at this point, uh, Mike? Is he just trying to do a little CYA two years into the damage that he's created? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely it. This is going to be a carefully managed photo op. So what happens when the, you know, quote-unquote brass comes down to the border... Is Border Patrol is basically told to clean out, you know, the tents and the facilities and take them to a nice little area where there's not a lot of traffic. They'll divert, you know, illegals to other areas, and they'll do a photo op. Everything's under control, all that. But my question is, why not send the person who's in charge of the border? I thought Kamala was the, the border czar. Why are we sending Joe? <laughs> I... Uh... You know, first of all, she's she's uh, incapable of it. Second of all, they never seriously considered her. I mean, maybe slightly more serious with uh, with uh, a booty gig as uh, as the transportation secretary. But they, they they don't care about any of those things, to be quite honest. And the and the border clearly, obviously, it's about posing. Um, but let me ask you this, Mike, because this is what uh, a lot of people are debating. Originally, and we all know what this is. The Democrats tried to reshape this and say that this is about white replacement. But but the Democrats knew originally they could bring people across the border illegally, give them a uh, uh, you know some free bows, and basically ensure that they would be this uh, this underclass, this permanent underclass that would slavishly vote Democrat. That's what it was originally all about. I believe that has moved more toward a clower and Piven strategy, which is to blow up the southern border and wreck the country fundamentally. What is the point now? What do you suppose this has all been about, and what is it about now to have our border blown completely wide open? 
Right. I, I think you're absolutely right in the first part there. The, the long you know, theory on open borders and mass migration, illegal or legal, by the way, is that it you know, changes the demographics of this country in a way that is politically beneficial to the left. I mean, this isn't conspiracy theory. If you go back to the origins you know, of the immigration laws that changed in the 60s, this is what the Marxists and you know, the, a lot of the Mexican-American Legal Defense Fund and, and types said out loud is that this is how we achieve a fundamental change of the, the U.S. country, is we basically flood it with third-world uh, you know, migrants who will then become dependent on government and thankful for the freebies, and basically erode the cultural and historical cohesion of the United States. Over time, of course, it's, it's morphed and galloped along the way. Right now, I think uh, your average rank-and-file Democrat voter probably doesn't think that way. What they think is what the media is telling them, that having a border is a racist thing and there's nothing worse to be than to be a racist. And so the politics of it have confused it, but it's clear that the people at the top, uh, that's the chief political motivation of, of this all. And it's not just the United States. Look at what they're doing across the, the world. I mean, this is what the globalist organizations all preach and propose. If you look at Europe, how they fundamentally change that continent over the course of just a few decades, that's what's happening here in America. And a lot of the money driving it are coming from the same sources. It's a, it's a massive way to usher in, you know, prioritize changes of, of the you know, hard left, which fundamentally does not believe in nation states. They think nation states are evil. It's part of the post-World War II order basically debilitate any you know, nationalism from ever emerging again. They, they think if they can just you know, mix up the whole world and, and flood borders, then nations will no longer you know, have their own priorities and they'll all live harmoniously in this economic you know, utopian union to be ruled by you know, whoever. And so that's a lot of your question, but they're doing yeah. it on purpose, man. Well, the interesting thing also I, I thought it was kind of funny is that uh, what, what had happened in this last particular uh, – this. Uh, uh, last election cycle is that people are coming across the border and uh, what people don't realize is a lot of these people, particularly from uh, Mexico, Central and South America, are Catholic. So they come across the border. Uh, they are immediately confronted by a Democrat party that is down with abortion until the baby is born. And uh, they also um, are uh, very anti-God and very pro-sexualization of children and uh, transgenderism and changing genders, which I believe flies in the faith of uh, the people coming from Central and South America who are pro-family and largely Catholic, if not at least Christian. And that appears to have backfired on them. So I would lean now toward the, ah, just destroy the country. That kind of end of things. Because it hasn't translated to the votes, which is what they originally wanted, right? Well, for, for some part, I agree with that. I think on the whole, what's happened in America is also happened south of the border. And that's the, you know, church-going rates plummeting. It's not a uniquely American phenomenon. We aren't seeing the, you know, religiosity and Christianity levels that are be, used to be brought over in prior immigration cycles as we're seeing now. I don't think it, it is fair to say that it's even largely church-going people that are illegally crossing the border at all. But yes, some of these policies you just laid out, the left is so freaking insane that even, you know, a politically not involved, you know, recent arrival can say like, oh my gosh, they want to do what to our kids? And so it's not working as well as they thought. Still, on balance, politics is a number game. Demographics are a number game. If you import this many million people who are dependent on government and uh, were gifted all these freebies by the left, they're on balance going to overwhelmingly tilt to the left, even yeah. if they're not getting the 100% that they hoped for. 
Now, you were a, a DHS counsel, so you worked with the DHS on the legal end of the, uh, you know, legally, I should say. Um, what what did you do, and what, let me ask you this, from somebody who's familiar with the DHS, this is the same organization, it was created after 9-11, and it, it sounds like immediately started abusing its power. They created it with this Department of Disinformation. Uh, what did you see when you were working with the DHS, and, and what are they, what did, why do they exist now, other than what appears to be a mouthpiece for the government to shut down dissent? Right. So the lack of a clear and focused mission set for the Department of Homeland Security is, is really the root problem. Uh, that's why it's really the place for all the wacko experimentation and quasi-law enforcement activities of the Biden administration. There's a reason why you put the disinformation czar over in DHS and not in one of the hard law enforcement agencies. It's because it's such a, a dispersed and scattershot mission that you can fit these crazy activities there. It's, so it's where the abuse goes. Now, when I was at DHS, we decided that, you know what, this does have a clear mission, and it's a mission that was intended. That's to secure the border and safeguard the country. And so we started doing that, heaven forbid, and then the left, you know, went out of control. A lot of people said at that time, like, oh, my gosh, you were focusing DHS solely on protecting the country. There's so many other things we should do. And it's just crazy talk. I mean, look, one of the biggest mistakes of the Trump administration was, you know, establishing that cybersecurity and infrastructure agency, which then – you know, instead of doing things related to hardening of our cybersecurity, which I don't think anyone feels is hardened, they're weighing in with guys like Chris Krebs on the election. And they're saying, oh, my gosh, mail-in ballots are the greatest thing ever. And that's what happens when you don't have a clear mission priority. I mean, right now the mission is abundantly clear to anyone with the pulse. We have a border that's completely been overrun. Uh, it's been allowed by the political operatives at the top of the operation. And every single, you know, priority of DHS should be focused on securing that border. Well, you certainly would think that, and then uh, worrying about other uh, breaches to our uh, our uh, homeland security. Um, you have a, a list of uh, uh, priorities that you would bring to the GP, uh, GOP majority with regard to uh, our our sovereign border. Why don't you run through a couple of those real quick and explain if you were if you were talking to you know Kevin McCarthy or whatever they're going to going to be speaking about. What would you say that the Republicans need to guarantee the American people with regard to our border security? Right, absolutely. And these are conversations we have all day, every every day with members on Capitol Hill and, you know, throughout the, the country. So a couple things. One, you got to impeach Mayorkas. That's got to be a non yes. first starter right out of the gate. <laughs> yes. And, uh, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, my gosh, it's too political. We don't want to go down impeachment. The media is going to kill us. Well, guess what? The media is going to kill you anyways. Yeah. And I think if anything's impeachable, it's purposely opening up the border to millions of people, many of whom are, you know, gotaways, rapists, pedophiles, terrorists, known as suspected terrorist gotaways. And so purposely doing that to this country is probably the most impeachable offense that I could, you know, come up with. It certainly beats some of the ones that tried impeaching Trump for. Would you venture to say that is uh, ver- bordering on, bordering on, uh, treason? I, or, or, I think. Or, or a, high, a high crime and misdemeanor? I'll put it to you this way, uh, because we haven't gone that far to use the T word, but I think you can tell by my uh, tone what I think. Uh, I don't think, uh, I think impeachment's the uh, least of the things he should be worried about, to be honest okay. with you. And frankly, there should be more severe punishment for oh, yes. the damage he's caused. He owes a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot. Right. He's really screwed up. Yeah, yeah. What else? What else do we need to uh, ask of our elected officials with regard to fixing this uh, Homeland Security situation? So... There's a reason why Biden's been able to weaponize the border, and that's because there are loopholes in the law that he's taken advantage of. They basically turned asylum into this new avenue for mass illegal migration. 
and then they, you know, shut it off uh, detention so you catch and release. So there's that loophole. He's been able to get away with saying, just come to the border, say the magic word of asylum, and we'll let you go. We need to zip up that loophole and all the other ones like they've used to shut down ICE. And so we proposed, along with every single former Trump senior immigration official and border official, and every single conservative border group or liberal or nonpartisan group that's out there that's for screwing the border, you know, a list of about 10 ways they can do that via legislation. And there is no reason that that bill cannot be introduced on the first day of this Congress. Now, the problem that we're running into right now is there's a lot of people on Capitol Hill with much different ideas as to how to get it done. And I'm going to name some names here. You have uh, Representative Salazar from Florida, who her idea as a Republican is to give out the biggest amnesty in U.S. history, which has nothing to do with securing the border. In fact, it makes it worse. You have Dan Crenshaw, who wants to be the head of House Homeland Security. His idea is, no, 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 let's not do what you're saying, Mike. Let's build mega welcoming centers, processing centers, where all the illegals from around the world will go, and it'll be this nice, beautiful, you know, like modern shopping mall, and they'll get all their benefits, we'll stamp them in and ship them on their way throughout the country. No, that's just making illegal immigration legal. That makes no sense. No serious border security expert thinks that's a good idea. So the Republicans, you know, mostly they're united on this, but you have a lot of people out there that are so, you know, set in their own ways. And, you know, we talk about being a team player a lot these days. I'm not seeing team players and, you know, team sport coming out from those types of offices. All right, listen, Mike, we've got to run, man. I, I really have enjoyed uh, introducing myself and having you on the show, and I'd like to have you on the show again sometime uh, when we can explore a little bit further. Where can people find you, sir, uh, and the work that you're doing with the Heritage Foundation Oversight Project? Uh, where can yeah, we find you? Absolutely. So Heritage is at Heritage, and I'm at M. Howell Tweets. And I'll keep you up to date. We're suing the pants off the Biden administration, man. We got investigations left and right. All right. Let's have you on. Let's have you on next week or the week after to talk about your lawsuits because I think this is really big. Uh, Godspeed, God bless, and happy new year, sir. And we'll have you on again soon, okay? You too, brother. All right. Take care. Uh, This is The Rob Carson Show. Time to put critical race theory in critical condition. It's The Rob Carson Show. Leftists, Democrats are very uh, selective with their outrage, um, and, and it's kind of funny because as things happen in real time, they use them to forward their agenda. Whenever there's a school shooting, rather than stopping and saying, dear God in heaven, children have died, they immediately go for gun control. Uh, you know, and, and then, then they don't do things like when a truckload of illegals are found uh, roasted to death in the desert. They don't go, hey, maybe we ought to do something about our uh, immigration policy. They never do that. You never do that. And, and the latest thing now is uh, we've got a young man who is in critical condition. He's beginning to uh, show signs of uh, major improvement, and that is a, a football player, Demar Hamlin. And uh, and uh, the View and others decided to use this while he's still in his hospital bed to go after football, because um, there's a thing that I like to call toxic femininity. And uh, you know, and it's the kind of things that have feminized uh, the culture. Nothing against femininity; I think it's fine. I love it. Actually, I'm married to it. She can also kick some major ass too, by the way. My wife, She's very feminine, but dang. Would not want to mess with her. Uh, so the toxic uh, femininity is the thing that tells uh, young men that they are uh, aggressive and they are all potential sexual predators. And, uh, you know, if you if you want to uh, focus on a couple things at once or go out and play, it means you have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And we need to put you on meds to tamp down your maleness. And so uh, here is uh, The View yesterday. Joy Reid 
No, no, Joy Behar. I get my joys uh, messed up here, and neither of them have anything to do with joy. They're miserable, wretched people. Here's that Joy Behar saying that uh, the reason why football exists is because of conservatives and heterosexual men supporting football. And I, but I don't think it's going to turn people away from the sport because, I mean, no. I went to Notre Dame. It's like faith, family, football. It's yeah. a, it's a That's Sonny Hostin. Big deal, and it's a $105 billion industry. Yeah. So, 45% of Americans think that tack tackle football is appropriate. Wow. Uh, heterosexual men voted the most support for kids uh, doing football. Mm -hmm. And conservatives were more likely to support youth tackle football. Just saying. Yeah, okay, so yeah, football um, is all men and heterosexuals. You better tell my wife because she's the one who said that if we're going to see your family this weekend, we're watching the Chiefs game at 3 o'clock. All right, so you know, honestly, shut up. Shut up, you awful, awful woman. You know, we love football. And, and, and we have, humans always looked at, uh, for, to some uh, more barbaric approach would be the gladiatorial combat uh, versus uh, competition. And sometimes that involves physical contact and possibly even injury. That's just the way of the freaking world. They make it safer. You know, they, they focused a lot on, uh, on some of the head injuries and whatnot. Some of that has been overblown, by the way. Some of it is an attack on masculinity, attack on anything that is uh, masculine. And, uh, and that's the case. This is, this is Joy Reid, another insufferable, insufferable person talking about how um, football is very gladiatorial, which, uh, no kidding. Is the level of concern that the NFL in general has for the bodies of these players, it's a violent sport. It's a brutal sport in a lot of ways. Yes, those uh, fighting, uh, MMA boxing, uh, even water polo at times. Uh, yeah, they all could get pretty violent. Um, what do you make of the fact that it took a long time um, for that game to be called or for that game to be stopped? Um, what do you make of all of this? Yeah, she said basically it is uh, gladiatorial, uh, to which I would say, well, yeah, one hundred percent. That's what it is. It's gladiators. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, certainly we've evolved and we made it safer. But I will tell you that every one of the people on that field love what they do, look at the risk and go, I want to do it. And and I, I'm not willing to, uh, you know, uh, give rid of my Sunday afternoons to watch, uh, you know, pillow fighting on uh, on on uh, you know ESPN. Although you know, I mean, there might be some like NFL cheerleaders pillow fighting. I'd watch that all day. But here they go, use it and again to, uh, you know, capitalize on a uh, uh, gentleman who uh, just deserves prayers and no discussion about this nonsense. Let's take a break and come back and wrap things up. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Make sure to check out the podcast of the show. We divide it into two two-hour segments. Just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. God bless you guys. And until tomorrow, which is Friday, don't catch the stupid. 